Hey guys, this is Adam from Casper Dog Training. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about crate training. Um, very important thing when you get a new dog, um, especially if you have a puppy. Excellent way to facilitate a bunch of different things. So uh, sit back, relax, and uh, here we go. Alright guys, um, we're well into this uh, quarantine lifestyle and listening to podcasts and doing online dog training is the way to go. So uh, if you do need training and you want to reach out, I can do online training with you. Um, I can be reached at uh, casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online or you can just look at uh, Casper Dog Training and see if you need anything from, from there. Um, Basically, we can do uh, online training ad hoc whenever we need it and uh, get most of this stuff done. For your other questions or stuff that maybe we cover there and you want to revisit, come back to the podcast. It's a good place to go. So today we're talking about crate training. So crate training, um, I want to go over a couple of different ideas here. Um, First of all, a couple of things that crate training is not. Uh, Crate training is not a timeout. It's not uh, a punishment. It should never be used as such. And let me just get that straight out of the way. You're not putting your dog in there when you're frustrated with it, when they've done something wrong. They don't get the idea of go to your room. Uh, they will literally just feel confined, frustrated, and maybe even scared by being locked up behind this crate. And uh, you will poison that particular part of your house which could be such an essential tool. So let's not do that. If that's what you've been doing, this this stuff is going to be valid on how to undo a lot of that. So if we're, we're, we're not putting your dog in jail. We're not, we're not putting your dog in, in a cage. The crate is their room. So here's how we start making it into their room. We got to create, um, you know, the, the, the positive association with with that. Um, easiest way to do that is when you bring your dog home uh, and you have your dog there, get a handful of treats, say the dog's name, and toss the treat into the crate. Your dog goes in there, praise, praise the dog. Good boy, good girl. Dog eats the, crate, eats the treat in the crate, then comes back out, and then you give them another treat. One of the ways you can facilitate this better, probably an easier way you can uh, move this along faster. If you wanted to, you could do it around mealtime. So say take a handful of the dog's food that they're going to eat anyway. I mean, if it's kibble, let's be reasonable. If it's kibble, do that. If it's wet food, forget it. Let's use treats instead. But use treats, use the dog's kibble when they are hungry, toss one treat, say the dog's name, toss the treat into the crate, say crate. Dog goes in, gets the crate. Good boy, good girl. Dog comes back out. You give the the treat again. Praise and also give some affection when the dog comes out. Be patient. It's going to take some time for the dog to really, really get used to it and prefer this as their home. Let's talk about briefly what should be in the crate. Or let's actually, let's take a detour from that. What's the right size of of a crate? I think that's one of the most common questions. And I will sum this up as easy as possible. Buy the crate that your dog will grow into, 
but ensure that you have an ability to divide it and make it smaller until the dog reaches that age. Um, those crates are typically going to be the most flexible, the easiest, and the most cost-effective. They're called wire crates. They're also collapsible, too, so when you're done with it, you can fold it up, put it underneath, underneath a bed, stick it in the back of a closet. Uh, they fit well in garages and attics and stuff like that, and you can have them around forever. Definitely a good investment to have. But with the divider, you can, say, have a... Uh, you know, a German Shepherd puppy at eight weeks and divide that down so it's appropriate for that size. But then when the dog's 90 pounds, the crate will be effectively large enough. You can literally take that divider out and, and it's effective. So how do I size my crate? That's what a lot of people would ask me. You're going to size the crate by when the doors open, the dog can walk in, make a U-turn, and face outwards. So basically just make a turn. They don't have enough room where they can sleep on one side and there's a gap in between the the back end and the, and the door or anything like that. The reason for this is we want to make it as tight as possible. Think cozy, all right? Not, we're not punishing the dog. We're not restricting the dog because while the dog's in this crate, they're going to do basically nothing. They're either going to chew on a bone or have some sort of uh, uh, teething toy or something like that or they're going to sleep. We're not asking them to play games. We're not asking them to perform anything specific. It's literally just go in there, lay down. Don't pee and poop in that spot. Go to sleep. That's all. Stay out of trouble. Now, the right size, obviously, if you're going to have a 90-pound German Shepherd, you need the appropriate size. Amazon, Chewy, uh, PetSmart, Petco, they, they all have that. Go talk to any of those people. Google it. You'll you'll find the right size. <clears throat> now, let's um, let's be sure. Positive reinforcement is the way to go. So the dog going into that crate always going to get a reward. Dog coming out of the crate always going to get a reward. Plus, when they come out of the crate, we're going to go outside and we're going to head straight for the the potty spot. So wherever dog likes to pee and poop, very important. Um, let's also not get overly fancy with what's in the interior of the crate, especially if like, you have an eight-week-old pup. It's not reasonable to put a nice plush bed and a blanket and a bunch of stuffed animals and bones and toys and all this other stuff. The reason is is that if the puppy's small enough, they'll pee in one corner, it'll get absorbed, then they'll curl up in the opposite corner and go to sleep and they'll be fine with it. And meanwhile, you're going to have to clean or replace all those objects that got soiled. So... Think Spartan, bare bones, nothing in it other than the bare necessities. I would say what you're going to put in there, there is no food, there is no water in there, unless you're feeding the dog and giving the dog water, but you're going to take it away. If you're gone for six or eight hours for your work day, don't freak out. Your dog's going to be just fine. When you get home, offer the dog water, offer the dog food, offer the dog to go outside. When the dog's in the crate, you're restricting bathroom effectively so when you're crate training you effectively you are potty training and doing pad training all in one shot because whenever the dog goes in there they've already just evacuated or they're coming back out and they're going to evacuate but the, the thought is, is you're not doing it in your house you're not doing it in your room and you're not doing it in the family's 
carpeted or tiled uh, coexisting uh, areas where we all live and it's providing a distinct boundary. So this is important. Um, you've got to keep an eye on how long the dog's going to be in there. So initially, what I would say to do is leave your dog in there for sleep times. Um, you know, first week, usually you have a puppy. A lot of people take time off of work. They're home or they have somebody home 24-7. Whenever you can't keep an eye on the dog, that's when the dog's going to go in the crate. Give the dog little intervals of time where they're going to have nap times or you just need a break. You got to take a shower. You have to run out to the store or do whatever you need to do. You're going to put the dog in the crate. If you can't keep your eyes on the dog, you need to cook a meal. You need to do some laundry. Whatever the case is, whatever chore you got to do in your house, make sure that that dog is in the crate during that time. And another big thing, if your dog cries, whimpers, howls, barks, resist the urge to rescue the dog from that situation. If you do, it's just like ferberizing an infant. If the baby's in the crib and crying and the mother already knows the baby's not sick, the baby's not hungry, the baby's not, they, they've just been changed so they haven't been soiled their, their diaper, everything's fine, they're looking for attention, you let the baby cry it out, the baby gets quiet, goes to sleep, and then realizes that if I make the squeaky noise, the human doesn't come running. So a baby figures that out, and we have to do that with every single baby. Otherwise, you have a 14-year-old that's sleeping in your bed with you. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem in the, in the human world. And I, I, have, I actually have known a couple of people that have been through this, having, you know, kids that are seven, eight years old still sleeping in their parents' bed because they were never ferberized. It's a big mistake. Big mistake with humans. Even bigger mistake in my mind when it comes to dogs. If a dog figures out all they got to do is make a lot of noise and you'll come running, uh, you're going to have problems with your neighbors and you're going to have problems bringing that dog anywhere other than your home. And also the dog owns you. You don't own the dog anymore. So this is this is definitely important. Um, when you do uh, set your dog uh, in that crate, make sure that they have the opportunity that is going to affect them the best. What I mean by this is get your dog uh, in there and know that you only want to go take a shower for a half hour or you're going to run down to the basement and do fold laundry for 15 minutes. Do these little things where you put the dog in the crate for a short period of time, then you let them out when they are calm, when they are quiet, and give them the opportunity to get used to it. Again, when the dog's going in, they're getting rewarded. And when they're coming back out, they're getting rewarded. Plus, if you're in that potty training phase as well, the dog gets to go outside when they come out of the crate. So there's extra little trips to the bathroom. The dog goes to the bathroom outside and you're rewarding that as well. Well, guess what? Now the dog thinks that the crate is a whole different thing. It's a great place to be and it's it's a fun thing to, to be because whenever they go someplace, they, they go in this place and they come back out, well, everybody loves them. And it's a pretty simple thing. All they got to do is pee on the pad or pee on the grass outside and I, I get celebrated. <laughs> I get celebrated just from walking out of the door of this thing. Hey, that's good. I think I should, I should like that. So um, I'm going to talk for a second here about, you know, some, some appropriate 
uh, concepts. I, I talked about this in the last podcast. Everybody needs to be patient at this point, but being patient with a puppy or being patient with crate training is paramount. If you want your dog to be good at this or happy with this and making it into their little sanctuary or their room in the house where they're, they get al- they're allowed to go, let's make it a positive one. So if your dog gets frustrated, don't put your dog in there when they're all wound up and they're crazy wanting to play. That's the wrong time to go in. Put them in there when they're sleepy. Put them in there when when you're not doing anything and you're being pretty boring. Put them in there when they least expect it, but there's no consequences. It's not like you were just wrestling over a, a sock that the dog stole from your hamper. Don't put put the dog in the crate then. Do it 20 minutes after that when the dog forgot about the sock and now is laying down and is, looks like it's about to go to sleep. Then you get the dog to go to the crate have the dog have the nap in the crate. This is definitely important. Um, also, we're going to make sure once a night, this is important as well. Make sure the dog understands that this is a good place to be just to hang out in. And what I would like you guys to do, one of my favorite toys, is get a Kong toy. K-O-N-G. They're usually like oblong-shaped kind of football cone shaped whatever you want to call it looks like a little bit of a a pine comb in a way with a hole in it uh you see a lot of them they're red um for those of you that are interested in what to do with a kong toy you can look up on pinterest or google uh recipes for kong toys uh you find lots of different ideas but the idea is is if you have a dog that is teething and is still potty training and you're crate training on top of it get a kong Stuff it full of their, their favorite treats. Uh, good go-to uh, things that I, I express to a lot of my clients is plain organic Greek yogurt. Put that all in a, um, with no flavor, no, no anything else in it, no fruit, no nothing, plain. Put it in the freezer, freeze it, and if you have a teething puppy, you give that to the dog, put it in the crate with the dog as a special treat, they get to lick on it, chew on it. It helps their teeth and gums. It numbs it out, gives them something to do. They're behind the crate closed in a good area where they're safe. You can monitor them. They don't. You don't have to worry about a mess because the, the plastic tray underneath is going to be easily wiped up. And you know where your dog is for the next half hour. So you reward the dog for going in there. You reward the dog for uh, taking care of their... They're chewing and they're they're licking. Uh, they're they're in their crate, so they're doing a good thing. And then when they come back out, yep, that's right. You go back out to the bathroom again. So it will make you. It'll kind of force you to be a little bit more patient. But if if once a night you're giving your dog a special treat in the crate, you're actually just amping up the the uh, the importance of the crate to the dog, and the dog eventually really feels good about it. Down the road, uh, I'll talk about the, in a podcast called Go to Place. And I like to use crate as go to place. So say you got guests coming, the doorbell rings, and you say, okay, go to your crate. And the dog runs, gets in the crate, and stays there. You don't even have to close the door. But the guests come in, say hello, and they're behind, they're in their crate hanging out because they already have stuff in there. This is when they're older, and, and you can put bedding and all this other junk in there. But for now, keep it bare. 
every once in a while give give a treat or something, but monitor the dog while they're in there. So patience is, is definitely a key. Consistency, obviously, uh, and don't put it, put the dog in there when they're frustrated. So what kind of crates should you get? You know, there's a, the standard old wire uh, crate that I mentioned earlier. It's collapsible. I don't even think they go for, I'd say probably average 30 to 50 bucks. Um, some of them have double doors. Some of them have single doors. Whatever your preference is, who cares? But make sure you come home with that divider because the puppy you have at eight weeks old is not going to be the puppy you're going to have at 18 months old. And that's a totally different dog. So buy one crate. Keep it that way. Crates to stay away from. Don't get a, a soft crate. Don't get one that's made out of um, any kind of cloth or uh, like light plastic or mesh screening. Trust me when I say this. Uh, I've, I've had dogs like chew their way out of the um, travel crates, which are um, plastic and, and metal. So this 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 one that's made out of mesh and, um, you know, uh, like some sort of fabric, it, it'll be toast. Even if you have a, a very small Yorkie or, or uh, mini poodle or something like that, they could chew straight through that. I, I Don't even bother. Uh, so go, get a wire crate or get a plastic dog crate. Um, those are probably the best ones. And, you know, they range in price. But um, every once in a while, you get an extreme case where a, a dog has some separation anxiety and you're using a crate. Uh, you might need a higher impact uh, crate. They sell them. They're, they're kind of crazy. Um, my favorite dog breed, the Belgian Malinois, there are uh, crates for that. You can look at look look them up if you want to on Google. They, they have like cool names like Tactical Crate or Ballistic Crate or whatever. Basically, think Hannibal Lecter is behind this wall and it looks like a little jail cell. The thing is, though, is that your dog goes in there. They are super safe. They're not going to get hurt. They're not going to squeeze their way out. They're not going to cut themselves on the on the crate, uh, and they won't be able to get out and get in trouble. And really, that's the scary part. I've heard of dogs jumping out of windows on uh, high rises because they had separation anxiety but that's a different topic altogether so crate training the way to go is uh, something you can scale make smaller uh, and reward um, basically that's that's most of the trick to it it does help out with um, with potty training um, housebreaking whatever you want to call it or pad training um, but those are the steps to make it um, acceptable for the dog to understand that they like this thing. So remember, go slow and steady. Control your impulses. Don't get frustrated. Your dog will get the hang of this. It just takes a little bit of time. And um, use it when the dog is going to enjoy it the most so that you enjoy it the most. They feed off of your emotions. And if they know you're happy, they'll be happy too. So with that, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you have a chance, go over to the uh, support section on my uh, Anchor page, which is anchor.fm forward slash Adam Casper. And you can go on there and you can become a sponsor. Becoming a sponsor uh, you click on the little support button you become a sponsor or supporter whatever you want to call it you make a monthly contribution of 99 cents per month 4.99 per month or 9.99 per month um, listen if somebody's signing up for 9.99 a month 
uh, I'll work out something nice with you so we can, uh, you know, thank you for your support. Um, but anybody that does sign up, without a doubt, you got your question, you will have a podcast directly for that, or we will have a one-on-one phone call or online training session. Um, I will make that happen. So thank you for your support uh, now and in the future, and be well, everybody. Take care.